Shall we get started? Sure.、Uh, we should be ready. <laughs> okay.、Um, yeah. Okay.、Uh, good morning, anyone. Everyone, everybody.、Um, so today we're joined by Sherlock、uh, Sherlock Shi, the co-founder of Mason Network. Mason is a decentralized CDN network that aggregates idle bandwidth from data centers to accelerate content delivery for Web three users.、Um, Hello, Sherlock. Hey, Chen. Thanks for having me. Yeah.、Um, so, before we start, can you introduce yourself?、Uh, maybe share with us your、uh, crypto story, and um, uh, how did you end up building Mason Network? Sure.、Uh, I'm Sherlock. I'm co-founder CEO of Mason Network.、Um, I'm a tech engineer backhand, and I joined Space since 2017. I remember the first thing、uh, I was writing smart contract Ethereum. I learned Solidity by myself, and I I used the, the ERC seven twenty protocol to launch my first app. Wow, the world is super crazy! I remember within three days, ah seven hundred Ethereum deposited into my smart contract. So I started to learn more in this area, and um、uh, then I uh tried to develop some. Uh, at the app and more infrastructure in the crypto area, and later I also developing a crypto money pool. Uh, yeah, the uh, our farming things. So, uh, I I developer for the backend uh infrastructure, the architecture part, and also uh I solve the problem of tuning of the ASIC machines, and we also developer for the Ethereum pool. Well, with DeFi broke up in twenty twenty, we have very good revenue. And also right now in the twenty twenty, uh, I had a call with my friend Leo. He's now also co-founder CTO of Mission Network. So two engineers try to solve a very interesting problem. Oh, okay, how to like uh inter integrate and monetize our spill bandwidth, and what's the problem exist, and will people use this? Resources, and then okay, we have our idea. We we try to uh build our first MVP, and we also uh do some survey on the market, and then we launch our product since the uh November last year, and we started to do some fundraising to hire more talent people to join our team. Yeah, that's us. Hmm. Yeah, that's very very interesting. Um. So we know that CDN is used by a lot of different applications.、Um, so why Mason? And we know there are other decentralized、um, CDN networks. So what are the pain points in the market now that Mason is targeting to solve? And what are your strategies in bootstrapping supply and demand for bandwidth? Oh,、uh, that's quite interesting because. You know the problem exists right now is about the、uh, spare bandwidth all around the world, and people have built lots of、uh, like data center to to or cotton IDC the internet data center to store their machines, their computing storage and the bandwidth resources, and then the problem is uh you know when I'm I'm a very typical uh engineer or developers programmer. And I will rent lots of machines from very famous cloud service provider,、uh, like AWS. But the problem is,、mm, at the end of my month, each month, I found okay, I paid around one thousand dollars for AWS, my my personal paid billing. But during most of the time, I found okay, around sixty to.、Uh, Forty percent of my resources is underutilized, so、uh, we're thinking, okay, why there exists lots of underutilized resources, and can we find a way to monetize from them? Then the next part is,、uh, we need to check, okay, we we eat these resources quite valuable from the market, and which part? And we do a survey, we found, okay, one very famous Soviet company, quite. Uh, his competitor of TikTok, quite spent around eight hundred million dollars last year in twenty twenty, and we know okay, looks like the bandwidth is quite valuable. So, 
next thing is okay, it's a variable resources, and I have the uh, many spare bandwidth, but then why no one just, for example, reach me to integrate my resources, um, and I go step forward. I found okay, the point is, cause my resources is belong to the long term market, and for the long term market, the world. Or the market, they have no, um, uh, they they don't have a very efficient way to integrate resources. Their way, their model right now is using a human, like using a salesperson. So, when have spare resources, uh, people will have a call with you to integrate your resources. But if you are long tail, like they they don't want to spare time to, for example, one hour, two hours to have a call to have a meeting with you. They just want to target for a very much bigger users to go into their, uh, to 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 be valuable to their time. So this a problem exists right now. But let's think different. If we can find a new way to uh, aggregate like fifty or hundred users and let them go together, and then we make this a team and let team to. Uh, serve the like users. So during that stage, like salesperson from AWS or from Cloudflare or from Akamai, they was okay. Wow, they have quite valuable users, and I can spend like three or five hours to reach them to integrate their resources. So this is the problem we want to solve, and the mo model we we, we are using to solve the problem. And also for the strategies part, um, I show you the supply side. How we were you are using a way it's like a bottom up model, and for demand side, uh, right now the users is quite, uh, I have to say we have huge user huge users for the bandwidth part, but after all we're in crypto area, so we will start from crypto in this first stage. Thanks. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so that strategy has obviously worked because we saw a fast growth of nodes and total bandwidth in your testnet. Um, can you share with us the the the, the exact numbers um, of uh, of the uh, node node operators that are participating in your band in your test testnet and their combined bandwidth and uh, um, what has driven that growth? Uh, well, th th this is quite interesting because missing right now we are still in our testnet. It's to testnet two point five, and uh, I remember in the August this year we have around fifty k nodes in our testnet, and right now we have around thirty k. So I'm super curious. Okay, uh, in this year we try to prove or try to test from the market that whether our model can work or or not, and then. We launched our testnet, and the, the market responded quite uh, positively. So people told me the world is full of underutilized resources, and bandwidth is quite close to market. So let, let me give you an example. So for the developers, I, I can assume that 80 or 90% of developers, they had they, they were running machines from the cloud service provider, like AWS or from Google. But few people can fully utilize their resources. It's, 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 a, it's a very interesting thing because you are a normal human. And if you see that your resources is using like 80% or 90%, you'll feel nervous. And then you are like, uh, to scale your machines, you will hire a much bigger machines. And then during this case, most of the time, your resources is underutilized. So um, in our testnet, we're doing one very simple thing. We spread our idea to all around the world. Like we, we spread that in the TechCrunch, in some like uh, hack news, in some like programmers will go to the, the, the discuss or some forum. And then we spread our ideas to them. And people said, okay, I'm a developer, I'm a programmer. Uh, I, I have I have machines, it's underutilized, and I can try missing because I have I have paid the, the cost for around 
hundred unit cost, and if I can earn some token from mission, and then、mm, I don't know what was future of the mission, but right now these things I have already paid for that, and I can find someone who can monetize my spare resources. I, I don't care how many reward I can earn, but if someone offer me this approach, I, I will I will be very positive to have a try. So, uh, this is the first thing that uh, I I I think we 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 have achieved right now. And the second is, uh, we are not satisfied for this growth curve. Um, to be honest, the cap capacity of the nodes in our testnet is around uh twenty tbps. So, few people have idea of this number meanings, but I can share with you like. Cloudflare, they have around uh 120 tbps. Tencent Cloud, they have around 100 in the this year. And Akamai, okay, one of the biggest guy in this year. They have working for more than uh 20 years. In the early of this year, they have around 300 tbps. But I remember yesterday I checked for their official website. They told me they have oversized to 800. TBPS, wow, it's a super crazy number. So we're very lucky that in the future people will see, people have a face that data is much important, super important, and they have two side. The first side is the supply. So you need to you need to find some place to、uh, store your files, store your data. This is data center. So you can see that all around the world, people, government. A business company, or even the application company like Tesla or like Google or like Facebook, these guys build lots of infrastructure for the data center. That's from supply side, and then from demand side, uh, people who want to use the data center, the the data, they will also increase rapidly. You know, uh, just only for the streaming media company like short video, long video, uh, downloading live streaming, these things has already proved. The model, and second, if like Facebook has changed to Meta, if if one day or five, ten or twenty years later, we enter the market of the Metaverse world, well, I don't know what things gonna happen in, in this stage. But one thing is sure that, uh, the usage of bandwidth, usage of the network resources, will be much much bigger. So during that time. It's quite important to have infrastructure like Mason to solve their problem. Yeah, thanks, Chen. Yeah, so I think the the Akamai、uh, is a is a great example. The increasing their capacity from three hundred to eight hundred TB is a great example of how people、uh, plan ahead,、uh, and that's also a great opportunity for you guys. Yes. So the the problem, uh, Chen, you wanna tell share with me is, um, so yeah, so, so, um, so the these all these people that are participating in your testnet,、mm -hmm. um, so I saw that the you launched the testnet token last month, and、uh, does that is the testnet token that the Hey Chen, it、uh, looks like I lost part of the signal.、Oh, Can you hear、okay. me? Oh, it's, I think it's my my issue. I think the the mic、okay. just turned off all the time. I don't know why. Um, so I was saying that you launched Testnet token last month.、Mm -hmm. Um, how does the、uh, supply side, the node operators, and、uh, the users of the band?、Um, sorry. Uh, how does the um、uh, node operators and users use the Testnet token? Um, to to kind of um to share the bandwidth with each other. Uh, yeah. So we launched the 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 testnet token in the Ethereum mainnet in around November this year, and so people can see that. Well, during the past several months, uh, the, the looks like the token is still in the mission like a dashboard. But then people can claim the token into their own wallet, 
in on Ethereum. This is first thing that people can fully uh, own their own token. It's quite important. So we choose the Ethereum mainnet. So it's it's a little expensive, but it's important. And the second is, uh, we use the ERC twenty standard to, uh, doing the first stage of our mainnet, or prepare for our mainnet. This has a very good reason for that cause. Uh, we need this protocol to be supported by most of the infrastructure like in DeFi or something else or different things, right? So if infrastructure is not, not be uh, adopted by the most blockchain infrastructure, so, something like Uniswap or like uh, the, the standard belongs in the, in the Binance or, okay, or Coinbase or like using Compound or even like ENS, I think you you, lo- you lack the you, you are lost the the most ecosystem of the crypto, so we we don't want to miss that. So that's the first thing we are we are uh, using Ethereum to launch our first token, and second is uh right now for our supply side like our miners, uh they contribute their token to, uh sorry to contribute their resources to to earn our token as reward. That's the first thing, and the second from demand side. Like lots of users, projects, they are using Mason's resources. They need to pay the testnet token to do the things. And also, uh, we have uh, we are designing for the governance model. Uh, people need to use our token to vote for the future. Like we call them MIP, Mason Improvement Proposal. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um... So, um, so uh, we have discussed a little bit about the supply side. Uh, maybe uh-huh. uh, I, I have some question on the uh, people are curious about the users. Uh, I mean, especially the the partnership. Sorry, Chen. Looks like we we lost you. Okay, the the mic is uh, giving me some trouble. It just automatically uh-huh. off itself. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so it gives me like, about like five seconds to ask a question before it turns okay. off. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, so, so can you tell me a little bit more about the partnership? Uh, partnership. Okay, so it's it's for the mouse side, right? So the use yeah, the users who are using our network. Okay. Um, the first thing is our wave. So our wave has integrated our service to solving their uh, develop delivery problem for their gateway, like their official gateway that they, they met lots of problems. And also uh, the second is we also support IPFS. So like uh, NFT marketplace or anyone who is using for like IPFS protocol, they can use Mission Network and third, we also support some like uh, NFT Explorer, like NFT Scan. They have used our service. And fourth, recently, uh, one game five project called uh, Monster Battle. They also they are also integrating our service. So you know, right now we're in early stage. We're super open to uh, like contain include 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 these uh, use case. And also, we will will push more our developers power to help them to solve their problem. And yeah, that's this right now for the partnership side. Okay. Um, so why would uh, people that are using R-Wave or IPFS um, kind of prefer to use decentralized CDN uh, combined with their decentralized storage? And, and do you Obviously, they have a choice of use of choosing decentralized one and traditional CDN service. So, so do you see the traditional CDN service as a, as competitors? Oh, that's a quite good question. So, the first thing is I need to talk about the problem existing in the decentralized storage, uh, like R wave. Okay, we take R wave at the first case. Uh, R wave, in yeah, short, sure, it's a permanent storage. Uh, it's quite interesting, and they have very good backers like ACNC, USV, Multicoin, blah blah. 
and also they got some adoption this year. Uh, but the problem existing our way is so they have incentivized for the story part. Like you, you store the files in our way network is quite good, but they are lack of incentivized for retrieval later, which means okay, you are the users, you store a file in our way. It, it's it's I have I, I can't say that they have very good experience, but it's good. It, it's still can use, but. If you try to consume data from our wave network, for example, you want to retrieve the file from our wave, uh, their gateway will serve in a request, but they have few nodes all around the world. It's around, I remember in the early this year, it's around uh, 150 nodes in the whole network. And right now it's maybe close to uh, 700 or 1000, but it's still too small for serving the whole internet. So you are users. You try to retrieve files from our wave. Wow, I have said it will be a nightmare. And then, Mason, uh, we go to market, and we we have incentivized for the bandwidth part. And then we we our wave they they have incentivized for storage, and Mason has incentivized for the for the bandwidth for retrieval. And suddenly, Sam noticed, okay, if people store more files in the in our wave. The retrieval part will also be very important. So they just said, okay, can Mason help us to solve the problem of the retrieval part? Like gateway in our wave, uh, they spend lots of money for that. And also the nodes in our wave network, they have lack of incentivized for serving the request. But they found Mason and they said, okay, we can become package solution. Are we solving a problem in one side and Mason solving a problem of the retrieval? And then uh, this is how things work right now. And then the second is uh, the benefit of combining the decentralized storage and decentralized CDN service. Uh, I, th I think it's quite easily to think that uh, if you said you, you are using some like decentralized storage like Arwe or, or Filecoin or IPFS or, or Swarm, but then you said, okay, I'm still using Cloudflare. I'm still using Fastly. I'm still using AWS. Well, the 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 world seems like strange. For example, you said, okay, I'm using some infrastructure, but then the rest of uh, using some of the blockchain infrastructure, but then the rest of them is still using the uh, centralized cloud service provider. Uh, it feels lots of strange for most of users, and even for some projects. I remember one of project called Nifty's. Uh, one of their co-founder told me, I I have to say that. Uh, the centralized star, a uh, centralized delivery service, account delivery service like Fastly or Cloudflare has a chance to be more efficient than like Mason. But I still like to use Mason to serve in their request because he thinks it's quite important. You know, you're in crypto world or maybe we go go forward we are in the Web3 world. In the Web3 world, wow, your idea, your thinking you need to think with the same with the same same people. So I think this point is quite important. So uh, I think you combining the things will be much more naturally. And the third question from Chen is: uh, Do do we see the traditional CDN service as competitors? Uh, that's quite interesting because uh, you know one of the Top three sitting company, uh, I can't tell you their, their name because their general manager just just uh, reached us, and they told me one story. It's quite it's it's a quite interesting story. They told me, uh, they don't want to. They will not compete with with Mission Network. Already they are very big enough, and then the problem exists for them is in the cloud infrastructure, like uh, AWS or like Alibaba Cloud. Their main profit comes from the computation part. They're offering people the computation resources, and that's their main revenue comes from. But uh, we, we, apart from that, they also offer people some like storage, and offer some bandwidth, and offer some different things. So for the storage and bandwidth, they can say, okay, I don't need to earn any money from that part. I can just using the profit I earned from the computation resources to offset things in the bandwidth part, which means 
some like CDN service, uh, they like for example wants to take knowledge, they need they only uh survived and use offering the market of using their CDN service. But if another big guy said, okay, I can use my profit from the competition to offset my uh like deficit from the bandwidth part. Well, this means you can't earn money from that part. So that's a problem from them right now. This is first problem. They face lots of challenges in their area. And the second is uh, a symmetry problem. Right now for one company uh, in, the, in the traditional area or in the internet area, their resources will have their main power. For example, some company will say, okay, I have lots of machines resources in the, like for example, India or Asia or states, but they don't have too many resources in another country or in, in different uh, areas. So they just uh, want the same case Wang Su, the guys told me, uh, they have resources, resources in the states and in the Europe, but their main pressure comes from India. So uh, they said, okay, looks like with help of Miss Network, I can do two things here. First is, Missing help wants the technology to aggregate lots of resources and it's much cheaper and it's distributed all around the world. So, which means the business they can't do for past, for example, uh, two or three years, which is be uh, gained by the much bigger guys. Right now they can, they can do this business cause we, we offer them a much cheaper price. So they can, they can offer their clients. That's the first thing. The second is, uh, with the help of Missing Network, they can do one thing. They can monetize their spare resources in the Europe and in the States to earn Missing's token. And then they can pay this token to uh, like fulfill their request. Their main request recently come from India. Like lots of short video company, lots of game game company operate right now. So this is their main pressure right now. Thanks, Chen. Yeah, um, it, it seems like they, they, are, they can, in the future, they can use Mason um, as a way to organize their own resources or to share resources with other centralized CDN providers. Um, so um, I, we definitely saw a, a, a fast growth of content on the uh, decentralized storage um, from things like NFTs, games, uh, which contains a lot of images and videos that this heavy load content. Um, will Mason try to onboard these kind of clients? Uh, sure, we are, we are uh, pushing to integrate these guys because uh, I abstract some of them as the empty marketplace. And for empty marketplace, one thing important is uh, they are still using like uh, Cloudflare or AWS or Google or Alibaba Cloud to store their images, to store their videos, their content. Uh, which means, okay, if one day uh, AWS or Google uh, just done in this world, for example, 50 or 100 years later, right? After all, Nokia was gone, so no one can ensure that things happen 50 or 100 years later. So during, the next, during that stage, uh, the big guys has uh, disappeared all around the world, which means your files stored, your NFT files stored in the centralized storage could be lost all around the world. So the, 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 I feel the trend that people will store this content in the decentralized storage. For example, are we? Maybe are we will be a very good choice but there are still lots of problems to solve, are we? And second, maybe if they have care much, care less about the price, they can just directly store it in the Ethereum. Like you, you, you can, you can create, you can abstract Ethereum as a storage. It's much, much expensive storage. And then you can use Ethereum to store your important files, your contents, or even your images. Uh, and when, when people or when the world, uh, go to this stage, for example, right, OpenSea has support R-Wave, right? OpenSea also support IPFS, but the point is they're using this decentralized storage as backup. They said, okay, uh, I use Cloudflare, I use some like AWS to serve my request, but I use, uh, use R-Wave to backup my files. 
but in the next stage, maybe people said, okay, I can use decentralized storage to be my first choice, right? I can I can store my contest in decentralized storage in the first stage, and then when 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 these things happen, when another important thing is you need to solve it about the consumer of data, like decentralized storage. Wow, I have to say right now, no. Neither of uh, sorry, I, I don't know how to say that. Uh, maybe some will have some lucky guys, but the bigger like FFS or Filecoin or Arwe or Stars, these guys also all of them are lack of incentivized for the retrieval part, right? So during that stage, mission will be super important because we're solving the problem of the retrieval part. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, since launch, Mason has. I mean, since the launch of the testnet, Mason mm-hmm. has achieved so many things. You are, you have, thirty k nodes in your network and uh, more than twenty TB um, combined bandwidth from the nodes, and you are the, the largest public gateway on our wave, uh, providing ten TB um, mm-hmm. um, for for the for for the uh, variety of users. Um, and so, but what makes me more excited is, is the, is the incoming mainnet next year. So can you tell us a little bit about the, the features of the mainnet and, uh, and when exactly are you planning to, are you planning to launch it? Uh, sure. Yeah. This is quite interesting cause, uh, some people said in, in, uh, Yes, sorry. Some some crypto startups will say, okay, uh, they don't have they 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 don't find the necessity to using the token or to uh, like issue their own token. But for me, token is everything, right? So if you don't have token, you can't incentivize for the whole mechanism, whole system. So uh, that's why we are born with using our, our native token. But it's it's not easy that when doing a startup, you can't do the whole thing all the time. Oh, sorry, all the ones. Like you can't in the first year or, or first six months, you have prepared and developed all the things. And then that's why we have three steps to uh, launching our mainnet. We'll have mainnet 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. And then in mainnet 1.0, the first thing is... Uh, we will, we will use Ethereum, the ERC20 token to launch the things. And uh, the reason is quite simple but efficient. The first is, uh, I have to say, Ethereum is the technology neutral. You don't need to choose side at every stage. I think neutral is quite important. And the second is Ethereum's most adopted chain, which means uh, like I, I have mentioned before, the, the standard protocol, like ERC20, this protocol, uh, this standard is quite important. So it's it's hard for uh, like uh, crypto crypto projects to uh, fix their mistake if they made in the mainnet. So we try to uh, m- make sure that all things got launched very successfully. So that's why we use ERC20. It's much, uh, yeah, it, 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 our users told me, and I also, I also know that Ethereum is much expensive, but sometimes you have to pay for that. You need to choose, uh, you have to do some trade-off with the uh, very good user experience and the decentralization. And also you need to find a very good point that uh, you have the little chance to, to 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 be failed in this stage, but then you can you can launch the whole thing. So that's why we choose just twenty at the first stage, and second, uh, in a mainnet two point zero, uh, sorry, mainnet mainnet one point zero gonna be happening around Q one Q two next year twenty twenty, and before that we are gonna doing a public sale. So yeah, so people if who have the interest in us can join us. Uh, the user is gonna have the chance to win air job, and also when when you come to our public sale, uh, you have chance to to get uh some our some of our tokens, and in the mainnet two point zero, we gonna solving the problem of the uh 
performance. Like we have two choice right now can solve the problem. The first is we build a bridge to a uh, more much convenient and high performance infrastructure like Solana, uh, Polygon or BSC or other things. Right, Ethereum is the first choice. We we launch it, then we can support more bridge, so people can use like Solana native token or BSC or or Polygon native token to use our network. And also, this is the first choice when we also are trying to solve for this problem. And second is, we have the chance to launch our native token and also our native infra. So during that stage, uh, the things gonna be much interesting because. People can run in our own design system, and they can solve the problem, and they don't need to rely on, uh, much more. You, you can say that uh, your performance is rely on the Syrian performance. Let's get back to the, uh, to the discussion, and I think you covered the uh, the the. The way that you're going to distribute a token, you're going to have a public sale, and you're going to uh, take uh, take advantage of the uh, uh, DeFi infrastructure on Ethereum and maybe other uh, networks um, to provide liquidity to the to the token and uh, also facilitate node operators join the network or mm-hmm. users to obtain the token to get the service. Um, so, so maybe we can uh, uh, kind of discuss a little bit of your uh, of the token model. Uh, maybe so, so how how you're gonna um, uh, reward the node operators based on their performance. Uh, so how much resource they put into the network, and how you're gonna price the service. Yeah, so it's also quite interesting. Uh, you know, when you try to solve a problem of the supply side, uh, at the first stage, we, we tried using some idea from the Filecoin side, like prof traffic, like they're using prof replication, prof story, we can use something like prof traffic. But when we try to so- so- solve a problem like this, using this way, wow, it's super hard to do the prof traffic because traffic is like uh, instant resources. So if, if you want to uh, test the whole things, right, you, you, you want to measure resources in a very accurate uh, data, you're going to test it all the time. For example, for that they have resources, you, you're going to test it. You, you're going to f- fully, fully utilize their whole resources, and then you, you will got the, the very accurate resources, result. But it was, a waste of, it was a waste of the resources, so we don't want to use that. And in our design, uh, we use the the uh, economic incentivize to solve the problem. So at first, yes, we measure the resources we can contribute to our network, right? We, we don't care much about how, how much data we have transferred. We care about uh, how many resources we contributed, like your your storage resources, your bandwidth resources, and your online period, like. Uh, for example, you have around uh, 1,000 Mbps. Uh, you have 10 or 5 TB for storage, and you online for around two or three weeks. And we regard these three factors as input, and after a function, you can get your output. So it's quite simple. And right now, you can also ch- check our many rules in our uh, official website. We just told you how to do the things and how to like uh how to measure for your reward. And then the second is uh when we use this mechanism, uh how to use the token part or the economic incentivize to ensure that the network will, will don't will don't do evil, will not do evil. Um, so the first is for the uh, for the I don't know how to say the uh, cheating the cheating for the uh, tra- for transferring transferring the data like uh, you you if if for example if you're using like the uh, one way model for example you 
if you transfer, for example, some specific data, you will get a reward, right? Uh, it's super easy for people to to do cheating for themselves. And then you think a different model, the model we are using right now, we don't we, we don't care how much data you have transferred, we only measure resources. So it makes no sense for people to uh, like do cheating for their own files, like transfer the files to request files to get a reward. And the second part is, uh, well, people have the chance to fraud our mechanism. For example, you can you can uh, then decrease the resources you contribute to a network. For example, you you said okay, you offered uh, one thousand Mbps bandwidth in network, and then for a uh, five or ten minutes later, you you decrease to six hundred. You assume that okay, the network can fund you, and then you go back to one thousand. Yes, you have a chance to do this. And the final solution to solving this problem is you need to measure resources all the time. But it, it's a, like I, I have told you, it's, it's a waste of resources. So we don't want to use this mechanism. And then our mechanism is called, uh, we have some hunters, or much more specific name, we call them speed testers. Uh, they will test the files. And they will, like, you will treat them like the normal users. They will request you about the files, the request, and then you, you can transfer the data for them. During this stage, if you don't evil, uh, you have a chance. But then finally, you you got to be tested and you're going to pay for that. So this is the mechanism we use for our local operator to ensure that they, 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 they need to pay for the, uh, the fraud they are doing to network. I see. I see. Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. Um, uh, from the cost perspective, it doesn't matter if they're transferring file or not, as long as they provide the resources. I think they should be compensated in, in the same way, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so on top of that, uh, I saw you published an article proposing this data center carbon credit. Um, to support the data center carbon trading, uh, which is uh, you know very popular uh, topic recently. So, so how does that change the way data center are designed and operated, and uh, how exactly does Mason Network help in the reduction of carbon emission? Uh, yeah, I think a few people have uh, have read the things we are we are talking about in the in the data center common credit part, or we call them the triple C. So uh, for the triple C part, mm, data center, common crypto, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Like the IEEE in a, in a computer guys, and we have the triple C. So, you know, for the past several months, I'm thinking about the problem also talking by the loss of like politics and some entrepreneur talking about carbon like carbon emissions, carbon credit, different things. And the carbon things has happened all around the world. You can't avoid this, right? Carbon looks like when we are very young or we are in the school, we learn from the book, okay, when the temperature uh, go about maybe 0 0.5 or 1 temperature, some city is gonna last. But we have, we have no much uh, such feelings that carbon will gonna happen in our normal life, for example, Tesla. Tesla has earned around, sorry, I forget on the number. Uh, yeah, it's not, not, a, not a very small number, it's a big number that cause uh, the California has the restrictions of the uh, carbon emissions and te Tesla has a credit and he used their EV to sell this credit to earn lots of money. It should be around, I remember, $400 million. Yeah, maybe this number. I sorry, I, I forget about details part. And then, cause you know, if you go back to the three or five years ago, uh, people had no idea about the uh, how to build the regulation or to measure for the EV. But for sudden, right? Just just recent years, uh, the carbon marketplace has been built, and people very easily to try to, uh, people very easily to notice and try to solve this problem. And some guys in early stage, like when, when, when Elon, oh, sorry, Elon actually is not the founder of the Tesla. So when Elon uh, 
own the company in the early stage, it's not ideal while in the future people or government going to have the uh, some like uh, bonus for the EV. But yeah, the world suddenly, okay, the, the guys, the politics all around the world, they want to support for this. And they try to uh, grab the, the importance of the uh, carbon marketplace, for example. Uh, the two bigger, the two of the biggest companies right now all around the world, the the states, the U.S. and the China. So for U.S. and for the developed countries, they, they are some of them liking the idea from the like carbon emissions cost. Okay, when you try to restrict or design the rules for carbon part, uh, the main. The last part will, will, will be the developing country like China, like India, like some uh, Vietnam, some some countries like this. But cause this this developer company they have already uh, fulfilled their uh, industry part, so it it will not hurt them a lot. So this is why some developer country will uh, push very hard to solve a problem about about like carbon emissions, carbon marketplace. And on the other side, you can see from the things in the China, like the, the China is a very uh, amazing country, but looks like for, for obviously, uh, he is the victim of the carbon emissions, the carbon restrictions, right? They, they are very, uh, they, they, they need to, uh, I don't know how to say the, the things, they have to like facilitate lots of uh, high light, light technology and all stage things to to do the to life to uh fulfill their carbon goals but then china has also have his own idea he said okay if i can use these carbon things to replace the oil right so oil right now is very strategic resources around the world it will backed by the dollar us dollar so you have some battery guys like uh like the materials of battery that they are in the korea in the japan in the china in asia some of asia countries they said okay if we can use this uh very interesting uh material of the battery we can replace these we can replace oil as the new uh foreign and the new currencies all around the world people said okay in the 10 or 20 or 50 years later, people will not use oil to exchange for resources. They will use the, the battery. They will use the, like uh, CN, CN to, to, to trade for the resources. Well, so this developing country will have the chance to overcome some developer country. So that's why I think uh, two different guys also want to uh, doing or support. Looks like they support the upvote and devote for things. And second, for the mission, uh, the data center carbon credit. So if people have the interest, you can go to our medium to to read our paper talking about the data center carbon credit. You know, in the data center area, there are, there have no regulations about the carbon part, and we we try to become the very early stage to uh, I don't know how to say to 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 build our idea or to propose some idea like. We said, okay, we, we right now propose two uh, things here. The first is called PoE, the power usage effectiveness. Uh, it's a very standard uh, factors right now has been used all around the world. It's like uh, you have the machines using the electricity and also you have the cooling system. For example, use air to cool the system and also you will use the water to cool the system. So the efficiency of your cooling system will become your PUE factor. And then in various in some developed cities, the the data center will be very important. And data center can be built far from the city, like for example, 100 or miles or very far from the city. People will have the uh, very big latencies, right? And also you can't build the data center very close to the cities. So they will they will build some place near the cities, but not quite close. And then, because the data center will use lots of power, and you need to have some restrictions to increase effectiveness of using electricity. So that's a PoE factor. 
And the second is a factor we, we told people is called a utilization of your bandwidth. Like you build a whole data center and you have infrastructure, but if you don't have the chance to utilize resources, for example, we have a two dimensions table. The first is you have high PUE and you have low PUE and you have high utilization, you have low utilization. So for very uh, old style should be, uh, should be outdated the, the like high PUE data center. And if they have high utilization, which, which means it's, you, you, can, you can just compare with the oil car right now. Uh, so it's just like the old, old Ford. They will cost lots of oil. They will have lots of existing exhausted. So you can you can have some restrictions. So when Ford uh, produce some new oil car, they need to pay for that. They need they need to get for the common credit. This also the data center credit. And then for people like they have very good PUE efficiency, and they can say, okay, if I can't if I don't uh, fully utilize my resources, I can just uh, risk to sell my data center common credit to people who need that, right? So it's it's something much like the things happening in EV, the Tesla happening, the things gonna be having in the data center. And then the second is, um, if you're doing this job, you you achieve one goal that you let the market, for example, the segment market or some the usage demand market to force that the supply side, like the, the builder of data center, to change their, uh, the, the structure of building their data center. Like some very high PUE, which means uh, should be outdated, should, should be uh, not, not be used in the future. They will say, okay, if I still using this data, data center, uh, I need to pay lots of money for the credit, for data center carbon credit. Okay, I, I will do a calculating. I said, okay, I will upgrading my, uh, the the effective of using my resources. But then, wow, you will see in the future that we have the chance to affect the data center all around the world. And how these things happening always have the relationship with the mission. Because you need to think about how our resources come from. We are the bandwidth marketplace, right? So we only focus on data center. So all of our bandwidth come from data center, right? And if we have proposed a data center carbon credit, which has been used all around the world, so we can directly help people to solve solving the problem existing in Mison. Because Mison will be the first marketplace to, to support the data center common data center common credit, the triple C. And then people all around the world can join our uh, standard, our protocol, our, our credit, the triple C, and then these things gonna power the mission, and then mission would also become one in the community for people to do these things, to propose these things. And in the future, maybe one day people said, okay, uh, if you are still using the the air the air cooling system, wow, you you got you gonna be you gotta pay lots of tax. And if you are using the like a two phase cooling system, wow, you 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 earn the money for that. Yeah, that's my answer. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Mason can do some, uh, can contribute to the to our environment in, in that way uh, by facilitating data centers to trade their carbon credit. Um, so I have one last question. So what are uh -huh. we expecting for Mason in the next few months? Oh, yeah, sure. So uh, recently we are designing for a mechanism. Like, uh, I want to share with you a very interesting thing happening when, when we design our mechanism. When testnet, and in the future, we're going to do like a public sale in around maybe one or two months or three months, we're going to finish a, a public sale. And then we're going to do our mainnet launch. Yeah, also, we also have some token listing. So for, I'm trying to for, uh, finalize our mechanism for this part. So the first stage is the token launch mechanism, right? Uh, I, I read a report from the Delphi Digital and they, they told me a very interesting, but also problem I, I, I met right now. So how can you trade off, how can, how can you trade off your like early users, your early supporters and your future users? For example, some of the users will join your test and or join your much early stage 
to give you the money, to give you the resources, to give you something, even even to develop the code for you, to give you advice, to support you, right? And then how you reward them in a crypto area, you will use the airdrop, right? So people using your service, they can get a very much bigger airdrop and they will feel much good. And then the next problem is when you launch your token, how can you uh, like encourage people to contribute the resources or their power in your future life, in your future network, right? If someone said, okay, looks like you you, you give lots of money for your uh, previous users, for previous supporters, why I should pay this time, pay these resources to support your network and I can earn much cheaper, sorry, to earn much less than the old guys, right? So it will uh, like hurt some of the future users. And then another another problem is uh, if you like incentivize for the future guys, for example, you will use like some uh, staking mechanism. You will lock the liquidity. Looks like it's good. Like it was okay if I still join your network, I can earn more reward. But the problem is, and also most of projects existed right now is when they launched their token, maybe in DAX or in some sex. They have very few liquidity, which means people who want to use your network, it's super hard for them to buy your token, right? You have few token liquidity in the network, in the second market. And the second is uh, your price will be much easier to, to, to fluctuate because you have few liquidity in the market. So people said, okay, just last day, yesterday, uh, I use 10 units to use a network. And right now I have to use maybe 100 units to use a network. It will also be a nightmare. So more liquidity is also a very super big challenge to solve. And we are trying to do solving this problem like this. This is the first mechanism called token loss mechanism. And the second, uh, very interesting, but also hard problem is how to do the trade-off in your supply side and your demand side. Uh, I want to share with you this case with three specific projects, Filecoin, IPFS, and the uh, BitTorrent. So, you know, when you're doing, when you're doing the projects, like you're doing some like storage, storage projects like Filecoin, you need to think that how your token, how your mechanism to incentivize for which side. For example, we can see that Filecoin, they have the incentivize for the supply side. Their miners. So people in the Filecoin network, they can earn lots of money, lots of token from the supply side. Even uh, you generate some secondary, uh, like miner, miner builders or some machine builders. They build the machines and then they sell their users to earn money from the Filecoin network. This, so he is a, a very, I don't know how to say, they have have an uh, infinity for the supply side, right? This is one case, the incentivize for supply side. Another case is you how, how you how will you incentivize for demand side? It's a bit torrent. So for the bit torrent, how the mechanism works is people who want to use the service, for example, you want to use these files, you're gonna store you're gonna store this file by yourself. For example, I, I gonna have a video, I'm gonna have a, a images, and and I will I will store it by myself. Right, so it, they are the incentivized for demand side, and they, they doesn't have anything. They don't they don't have anything incentivized for supply side. It looks also much good, but the problem happened right now. We, we see from the BitTorrent protocol, uh, when you're using a very hot hot using data, it's quite good. But if you try to use some like cold data, for example, few people have stored these files because few people use these files, right? It's, it's, it's a nightmare. So few people store the files and you can't get it from network, which means you will have a very low speed to download from BitTorrent through BitTorrent. And this has also happened for the past several years, maybe five to 10 or, or maybe 15 years. And I don't know how to solve this problem, right? But I just want to tell you the, show you the case about the supply and demand. This is two, two very, uh, side case, and then our wave. Wow, our wave is quite interesting case because 
before I, I, I'm building the mission network, I, I, I'm running, I'm also developing and running a POW crypto mining pool. And then I learned some code from our wave and try to be, I tried to build the R wave pool at first, building R wave, the storage pool. And then I, I also contribute some code into the GitHub. Uh, yeah, super early stage. And then second, I, I said, okay, how can I get the reward from the R wave network? Right, I need, I need to do the do the calculation. And then I found, well, looks like the R wave has few incentives for supply side. They have the token inflated for the supply side for the miners. But if you read your uh, token papers, they have around six, uh, 60, 66 million token, the whole token, and 50, 55 million token has been issued for maybe for uh, private sale, for their backers, for supporters, for the, for the ecosystem. And then 11 million token will be uh, issued for the miners, and they will be uh, rewarded as for their early miners. So you can see if you know they have very good secondary price right now compared with maybe a half or one years ago. But if you run in the miners in our network, you still can earn a few money, right? If, if our audience have some like our miner, you and other things. And then the point is they have few incentives for supply. Their supply will make you also, uh, in the in the balance of you you will not lose many money, or you can or, or, or you can't earn many money. You are also in a very middle stage, and then they pay more attention the the power to incentivize for the demand side. Yeah, so they said, okay, we are building something like X Alexander Library, and people who use Arwe Network they gonna store the Arwe files, blah blah blah, several things. Yeah, uh, I don't know, cause. The, 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 the this model has not been proved right now and uh you can't say which one got win the future but their problem i, I want to share with that uh, i remember when i tried when i reached our wave it's in one dollar it's secondary price and he i noticed one thing it's called a uh, data loop it's like if you have very low price for our wave token few people gonna uh, store your files, right? You have few miners, you have few supply side, which means your network is have very lower value. So in the demand side, people don't want to use this network. And then if people don't want to use this network, the token will be much cheaper and token gonna be much cheaper and miner gonna be fewer. And if miner got fewer, network be value, be less value. So it's called that loop, I think. But then I think how to solve this problem? Well, you need the token to be 10 times, 30 times, 50 or even 100 times. And then people said, okay, wow, the token looks amazing. So people will join to doing the mining job. And then people said, okay, looks like lots of mining miners and I got the incentivize and I have a chance to use network resources. Yes, that is a second mechanism I want to show to you is how to do the trade-off between supply side and demand side. It's, it's also a mechanism design. And third is how to uh, avoid, how to design the token, the usage of token. Like in the first is uh, a very easy model called utility token, right? It's like Ethereum. So for, for utility token, people, uh, they contribute their computer resources, they will get Ethereum tokens reward. And people who want to use Ethereum, they need to pay Ethereum tokens, native tokens. So it's like utility model, token model. And it's a very good advantage that their process, people, the, the value of that work will be represented by a token. But the cons is uh, if you try to pay, you, you, need, you have to pay more money for the same resources because the, 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 the price has pumped a lot. Right, this for the same service, maybe you can only pay one dollars in uh one or two years ago, but right now you have to pay them around maybe 100, 200 dollars. So that's a problem existing in the utility token. And I don't know how to solve this. <laughs> yeah. And the second is called uh security token model. 
this model is quite like in the BSC or platform token, or you can regard this as revenue. So for the supply side, people can still using the same mechanism. They pay the resources, they get the reward. Uh, and for demand side, people don't need to pay only your native token. They can pay in variety of, of token. For example, they can pay a missing token. They can also pay in uh, USDC, USDC stable coin. They can also pay, for example, this thing Solana is much cheaper. They can pay in Solana or pay in Polygon or pay in different token. And the, all these token will be valued by the state stable price. So it will be much convenient for users to use. And then we can regard this demand part as the revenue. And then to repurchase your token to fulfill the mechanism. That's also another mechanism right now working for some projects. And, and two models also works fine. So we also try to uh, design our mechanism to solve a problem like this. And for the fourth is like how to uh, engage the very brilliant idea in the future to our network. Yeah, so it's called MIP. Uh, you know, Ethereum, like the EIP 1559 uh, has been worked this year. This protocol is also not designed in early state Ethereum. For example, when Vitalik designed Ethereum, when Gavin Wood designed the system, they have an idea. They have no idea that EIP fifteen fifty nine was gonna be gonna happen in the future, right? So people have don't say, okay, we're we're still the pure up network. We'll go. We'll not go to the POS network. But then, uh, when the time fast, when time goes, uh, people notice that okay, the the thing is gonna be uh proofed. The thing is gonna be modified. It's gonna be pruning. Right, so you need to have some new mechanism to improve your problems, to improve your mechanism, and to fix. Like people all around the world, they have new idea, and you need to pick the brilliant idea into an ecosystem. So how to ensure that this mechanism gonna work, rather than your network, your privilege, be controlled by some few people. This is also a very hard problem you need to solve. Yeah, so this is this is several things we try to do in our mechanism design uh, for Mission Network, and also we love people to join us talking to talking and solving this problem. And then for the latest, you can just expect for the public sale and the, and the mainnet listing and the mainnet launch. Thanks, Chen. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Yeah, definitely. I think there are a lot of things to dive into, um, especially for Mason. It's a uh, it's a brand new decentralized CDA network, very unique resource. It's different from decentralized storage and different from DeFi projects or GameFi projects. The token token design, token model is, uh, there are definitely a lot of challenges. Um, um, so yeah, so I think uh, we really, a lot of things to look forward to in the next few months. Um, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Sherlock, for joining us today. And thank you, um, everybody that are listening. So we will um, put together, we'll do some editing and uh, uh, put this together into a podcast um, and share with you guys. Uh, if you have missed uh, the maybe first part of the, of the conversation. Um, and I think also we're going to publish a script version of the uh, um of the chat in the in the blogs uh for mason um again thank you everybody for joining thank you thank you chen thank you for the talk and thank you for guys for listening yeah okay bye bye see you next time bye bye